welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. It is July the 5th. Welcome to Game Consultant. Hey, good news. We're on the half of 220, so just bear with me. Another six months and... Um, we're entering a new year. For some, that will be um, quite a good message. For others, they think like, hey, I'm actually doing solid. Um, interesting enough, um, my friend uh, Joachim is having a midsummer. Uh, Chris Reed with Rethinks on eSports. He's doing something on Valorant. He's doing very like, oh, Ryan, give me some more time. So, uh, Chris... Mm, interesting. Um, but as I said to you guys, I was actually talking to a friend of mine and um, his name is Paul. And uh, a week ago, he basically said that his computer burned down. I don't believe it. I think he basically uh, was enjoying uh, enjoying the weekend with his wife and uh, kid. And, um, you know, good for you. I mean, strange times in the U.S. But Paul and I actually go way back. And um, he's seeing so many things in the industry. Um, and I basically did ask him, hey, the news, there's so much news. What is relevant? What is interesting? Share me your takes on it. And um, he said, well, how should I do that? And I said, well, come on, dude, you're Paul. Just do it. And um, he sent me an item. Yeah, only 14 minutes. I mean, why not? Uh, thanks, Paul. But it was basically an intro and it was his take. So um, I'm, um, I did have to cut it a bit, but it's fun. I actually can have it all. So I will do that. So um, after this, quickly, his introduction and then I have an interview, and the interview, or better said, I have a talk with Darcy, Darcy Lawrence of uh, Torque Esports, and Torque Esports is a very interesting company um, with many aspects, um, how they look at esports and sports in general and media, and then obviously things have to be accountable. I mean, return on investment when you spend budget, advertising budget, how many viewers do you have, it's, you know? Interesting. And um, so Torque Esports did acquire Winview and Frankly recently. And so they're now part or under the umbrella of Engine Media. And um, so Torque is still uh, listed on the Toronto um, exchange. And anytime soon, they will be moving to the NASDAQ. And so that's the following company now that is going to the NASDAQ. It's interesting to, to follow this and also to keep an eye on their vision and road mapping. So we have a very interesting interview. It's maybe a bit long, but, you know, um, I hope you take the time, even if you do it in two or three parts, because it tells you a lot about the focus that these companies have and... Um, yeah, and the amazing journey that they're going through and where they're heading for. So 
Let's start with Paul Thind and his introduction, uh, followed by the first part of the interview of Darcy of uh, Torque Esports. And then, uh, obviously, at the end, I will talk to you again. And I wonder what you think. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. It's Paul Thind here, uh, coming to you from sunny California. Reinout asked me for my take on this week's uh, games industry news. I'm not sure how the uh, segment will um, go, <laughs> so I'll start with a quick intro about myself and then I'll get into what I found interesting this week. So just a quick intro about me. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in England. Uh, Love Affair with Games started uh, really early in the 80s with uh, you know BBC Micro and Chucky Egg. Started learning how to code on that system back there, very rudimentary, and then um, got into music as well. So music and games kind of became a big part of my life. Um, Lemmy from Motorhead was a big inspiration, started learning the bass guitar, uh, moved to the States in uh, the 80s, and uh, in early 90s, while going to college, started a, a record label. So the label uh, really took off, um, kept me busy for about 10 years. Um, you know, shipping vinyl and compact discs <laughs> to stores uh, all, all over the world, really. Um, and, you know, the music industry started changing towards the uh, like late uh, 90s and early 2000s. And then I transitioned uh, where I took a uh, role at a company called Sulaki, which is um, which was sorry, a Finnish company uh, that owned a, a pretty cool virtual world called Hubba Hotel. Um, and uh, yeah, just all the alumni from that company ended up moving to some of the, you know, more interesting Finnish mobile games companies of today. Uh, you know, CEO Timo Soinen moved on to Small Giant, where he's the CEO, and that's a Zynga company now. Uh, EVP um, Samu Huftanen moved on to um, quite a few other companies, and then Next Games, uh, where he's the CEO. They're doing some interesting stuff in location-based uh, gaming and AR. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, it was just a plethora of, of, of alumni, uh, that ended up moving to, um, some really interesting tech and mobile companies in the Finnish, uh, ecosystem, Supercell, Rovio, etc. So, um, it was a good learning on the free to play model and microtransaction sales, leveraged that, um, learning into, uh, becoming the CEO of a company called Outspark, um, early on worked with, um, some pretty interesting folks like Ken Go who is now the CEO of Decca Games, um, and is kind of um, really leveraging his live ops experience to create uh, a great business there. Um, and then other folks like Andrew Shepard that went on to Kabam and Gree, and then uh, Owen Mahoney was actually the CEO for a while and uh, now is over at Nexon. So, um, yeah, it was, um, it was a great ecosystem. Um, you know, ended up parlaying that into a consulting company, um, and uh, which is called Trigger Spot, and that's been kind of running to this day. Um, and uh, you know, have just worked with quite a few companies over the years, uh, like Congregate and 20th Century Fox, and did some Zynga stuff, and um, yeah, quite quite a lot of others. Uh, invested in some companies too. So yeah, um, as a consultant, kind of got to see the landscape from many different angles and help companies with. Uh, you know, everything from uh, live operations to uh, fundraising to go-to-market strategy to just connecting the dots, um, you know, with the network, uh, licensing IP and doing a few things like that. Currently, I'm um, 
working with uh, a company called Erdetto out of the uh, Netherlands in the cyber kind of security space. That's a space I haven't been in on the game side, but it's pretty fascinating as far as uh, hackers go and kind of what lengths they'll go to um, circumvent payment systems and things like that. So really kind of just have learned um, a lot about mobile um, and uh, PC uh, publishing and uh, and also in mobile ad tech, you know, did, did quite a few things there. So I do advise when I have the uh, time. Um, so yeah, looking forward to hearing um, from you as um, as things go on. Thanks, Paul. That was a solid introduction. Next time, keep it a bit shorter, all right? Um, but anyways, um, love you. Um, and thank you very much uh, for your introduction. And later on, we have his take on the news, gaming news. And um, welcome to the team, Paul. So next up, uh, Darcy, talk esports. And... Um, sort of going to trade under the new name engine media but i decided actually to keep it focused now on torque esports because i uh, i think most of you guys uh know this brand and um i said um if you read my blog you can read it more in detail uh, also the links to the companies that they uh, do have under their umbrella um but as I said, it's a very interesting talk I had. And um, we also talked about branding. Obviously, um, uh, with COVID, uh, some brands might have been a bit shaky with how to um, how to advertise and, and how to reach their consumers. And, and, and also, um, yeah, we talked about the offline events. Will they sort of come back as, as it is, as we had before? Or are people now more like spoiled because they can sit at home and watch it. We talk about Facebook. Um, uh, it's losing advertisers right now. Although having said that, the new consoles come out. So why wouldn't they uh, advertise on Facebook? But on the other hand, there is eSports and there is Torque eSports itself. So could companies like Microsoft, Xbox and Sony PlayStation actually go to Torque and, and reach that audience and even maybe have a better return on the investment? His thoughts and views on that. So um, let's kick it off then. So esports, I was just going through some numbers and interesting. Market size by entertainment vertical. Let me start with gaming as last. So uh, digital music, 17 billion. TV, 41 billion. Film box office, 105 billion. And on top of it, it's gaming, 116. Um, recently, I saw some other reports already. It's going already towards 125. So let's say it's growing fast, 200 billion anytime soon. And uh, we're seeing lots of esports lately. Yes, today we will talk about COVID and esports. Was it an accelerator or not? Um, I'm very happy. I have Darcy Lawrence. I say it in the English way, of uh, Torque Esports. And the name will change soon. But today we're going to talk about Esports, his organization. Actually, I can say sort of his imperium. Um, listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, soon making the crossover to the NASDAQ. Welcome to, uh, to my episode. Nice to be here. Yeah. Good morning. So 
first question. What do you think of esports today? I think it's uh, it's exciting, obviously, and uh, being in a in a growth industry, uh, you, the numbers you mentioned uh, speak for themselves. It's you know on its way to being larger than all the other forms of uh, of entertainment, and clearly beats all of them individually, and including television, which is saying something. Although television's having its uh, its own challenges over the last uh, several years uh, with uh, you know, people leaving linear and going more towards uh, OTT type of services, but uh, yeah. in the in the end, I think that's that kind of encompasses all of that. And having uh, gaming surpass that is uh, is a is an interesting benchmark as a, as as an entertainment platform. It's clearly emerging in this in this esports category, and uh, that's really where we see the, the you know the opportunity here at Torque. Yeah. Funny enough, because I was just doing the calculation, 105 with 41, let's say that's 150, 20 on digital music if they grow. So then you're 170. I mean, that's, I would actually reckon that's easily what gaming will reach anytime soon. Um, and then if you read all the news about the Spotify's of this world and, and, and a big fuss about it, then, and then you look at the gaming space. I mean, yeah, we're talking about Amazon. You talk about Google, but really a gaming company with a, how you say that, how Spotify changed the world of music. If you look at gaming, there are so many candidates that are already make a change. I mean, Tencent is then maybe the, the, the comparable company when you have it, Spotify music, Tencent Absolutely. gaming. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Tencent's doing uh, doing very well, and you know they keep. I'm not, I'm not sure that uh, that gaming isn't the majority of their their revenue now. <laughs> not even. <laughs> it's it's uh, the the fun part is it's it's, it's so much wider. I mean, uh, if you if you take it into parts with social media and now actually they have the um, what is it they they have Trovo I think now as the competitor of uh, of Twitch. Um. So for everything, they have something else, what we have on the Western side. But anyways, that's Tencent. Hey, um, going through the company, I mean, I've, you need to explain me. I mean, I, I'm seeing so many names. I'm seeing Eden, uh, All In Sports, ID and Cars, Stream Hatchet, UMG. Uh, UMG. Um, can you give me an, an idea in a nutshell what you guys have? Because it, it, it has a name, the name will change, and then you have subsidiaries under it. Yes. So the, the company's obviously made up of a lot of subsidiaries and those clearly came from acquisitions over a period of years. Uh, the journey has continued. Uh, you know, the most recent change is that we became Turkey Sports uh, last year. Um, I joined the, the company uh, earlier this year officially and I was doing some consulting work previously. Uh, it's definitely uh, a planned uh, a, series of events in these acquisitions that becomes now Turkey sports from, uh, you know, being relevant in the gaming industry, just mm -hmm. to go in and try and layer yourself around it is, is, you know, not the easiest path because the power is still in the content as it always has been in other categories. Like we talked about earlier with music and, and television, uh, the power is in the publishing side of things. And we, we realized we needed to be in that space. And since you know, most of our kind of DNA in the business was in this uh, motorsports uh, automotive lane. Uh, it was easy for us to look at publishers that had uh, that sort of, uh, you know, background and DNA and Eden Games clearly 
uh, had that profile, 27 years of building mobile console PC games and the majority of those being in, in the category of driving games, you know, early stuff, test drive was the first stuff. And if, you know, if anybody drove a, a game back in the, in the late nineties, it probably was test drive. And yeah. uh, that was the first kind of foot in the water for Eden. And uh, since then they've built several interesting franchises, uh, dirt rally. Uh, and now gear club is really our, our primary. Yeah. Uh, so that's really, you know, that it plugged in because it, it allowed us to become a publisher and have some control of our destiny, at least in that kind of automotive motorsports lane. As we looked at, you know, beyond being a publisher and content, clearly we needed to do distribution. Uh, we needed a platform for that. Uh, we kind of did it backwards. We just, our recent acquisitions uh, with Frankly Media uh, included yeah. gave us a, an interesting footprint. Now we have an OTT platform and we've got distribution into the world of uh, news distribution where most of the customers were news focused, but clearly those are companies that also produce entertainment for cable operators. They are, you know, usual suspects that take news and, and put them onto the internet or on these things like podcasts that we're on today. So we, uh, we have frankly media, that's kind of the bookends. And in between that, you know, we, on the journey, we, uh, we, we acquired business intelligence capabilities with stream hatchet, yeah. you know, a leader, a leader in business intelligence in this space. It's, if you can't tell uh, your customers or the market, how their money's doing and the ROI and the data that comes around that, then it's, you know, you're not as relevant. So we actually tell people about the, uh, the data and what's happening in this industry as well as make it happen. So it's kind of an interesting two piece for that. And then I think the other, you know, things that you mentioned, there's a lot of those assets like the race, uh, WTF one, you know, F one starting today. So WTF one guys are very busy. It's yeah. a, you know, it's, it's an editorial site. It's a, it's a website, it's a YouTube channel yeah. and the race race being the same, you know, we actually, those are in the traditional motorsports, but now because of this pandemic, uh, over the last uh, f several months, they pivoted to uh, to what we do in you know these categories called sim racing or virtual racing, and uh, now th those properties are well known both for real racing coverage and for virtual racing. So they've really, you know, made their name in in both areas, and that helped us obviously to uh, to circle this gaming space. Then the, I think the other biggest one, and actually one that I'm really involved in uh, because of my streaming background, is uh, UMG Gaming. Yeah. Where we, where we can facilitate tournaments, matches, help brands, teams, publishers take their product to market and, you know, create a competitive uh, game out of a normal kind of a casual gaming platform or, or any of the games. So we have a really good layer of, uh, of supporting services and we, we produce our own games. We've had 18, almost 19 million uh, games, tournaments, matches on this platform over the last uh, four and a half years. Sure. And we continue to go at a, a rapid pace because everybody wants, you know, it's great to have a game and play it. But when you actually have a ladders and registration of players and compliance and anti-cheating and all the things that are in that platform, it really helps a publisher to take that game and make it into a, a competitive uh, platform. Yeah. Uh, so I think I mentioned the bigger, the, you know, the more important ones, uh, frankly, media. We also had, a you know, a, a consumer facing uh, application uh, called WinView, which allows players uh, that when are you know casually watching something to actually get engaged and and uh, join things, trivia contests, uh, things about the game, and and get engaged as the audience as well as players. So it's 
there's lots of in that ecosystem. Uh, as we become engine media and move towards the NASDAQ, you know, we're obviously integrating all these things into uh, one business uh, with subsidiaries. And obviously those subsidiaries have subject matter expertise and, you know, smart people from the previous companies and will continue to keep those subsidiaries, you know, in their lanes so they can be special and grow. But obviously engine media is where they all kind of roll up to. So the funnel of all those great things from building tournaments, having a, a TV, you know, experience on UMG TV, our expertise in, in automotive and in that vertical, you know, we call sim racing and, and esports. you know, all these different properties coming together is, is pretty exciting. And the plan, you know, was to kind of put them all together in this string from production to distribution to business intelligence. And now with, uh, with this wrapper we're calling Ninja Media, we, sh we feel we should be able to, uh, to finally achieve that goal and, and execute as a much larger organized public organization. Yeah. And <clears throat> why the choice then to go to the NASDAQ? Is that to raise more money? You know, it's it's just relevance. We're already a public company, so we just had to decide whether we wanted to stay in a small exchange or, or you know, really make our mark. So, yeah, yes, much more value can be created uh, on the NASDAQ. Your, your, your profile raises, certainly. Um, there's a lot more investors in that, um, in, you know, internationally and, and uh, domestically. And uh, lots, there's other companies moving there, too. You know, there's some IPOs that have happened uh, recently in, in the esports space. So, we, you know, we were early. I think if we weren't the first, we were the, you know, for top three companies that ever went NASDAQ or to uh, public first yeah. uh, when it was uh, back in the day on the, on the Canadian exchange. So, uh, you know, it's in our DNA. We're going to just continue to use the, the public vehicles to, uh, to grow. And, of course, we... We expect to be very large now with uh, people like Tom Rogers, uh, you know, founder of CNBC and uh, and those kind of people in our board, you know, they're driving us to much higher levels and expectations, which is great, you know, pulling us into this uh, this bigger world. And yes, we, we expect to grow, you know, as a as a big contributor uh, on the NASDAQ in the C-Sports space. Yeah. Can you say anything about valuation then? Uh, no, I, yeah. I have to leave all that. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I wish I knew as much as I, I could say something. Even if I could, I probably should, uh, shouldn't. Uh, but uh, yeah. you'll, you'll hear a lot from Tom. Yeah. Um, he's definitely active out there on, on CNBC and, uh, and other, uh, other outlets. And, uh, you know, he, he's uh, definitely listen to Tom. He'll, he'll give the guidance as appropriate. Yeah. So, esports in, 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 in general, I mean, um, have you guys uh, seen then an acceleration in the last couple of months? Everyone is saying like, yeah, COVID, maybe it came too soon, but hey, uh, it accelerated. Uh, how was that uh, for you guys? Yeah, certainly we saw acceleration in some buckets and some were just, you know, the normal kind of trajectory. For sure, our our, our driving games are what we call sim racing or that, you know, that virtual racing experience our DNA is, is long in that. So we, we've seen a trajectory for the, you know, going on nine years that all started out a long time ago with Darren Cox, you know, at, when he was at Nissan creating the world's fastest gamer. And, you know, for the first time people saw gamers become something else. And actually some of the, we, we, I know we talked early in the, when we were doing introductions about formula one and, yeah. uh, you know, other things. Yeah. Well, some of those people that are in those, those race seats and on those teams came from gaming. You yeah. know, they didn't take the normal path of, uh, you know, their parents taking them around the country in a, in a go-kart or 
figuring out how to you know raise enough money to to go through the normal process they they started in gaming and that gaming heritage and that uh that stuff in the in the we'll call it the automotive vertical really was uh you know how we saw this you know the growth and we followed a pretty natural path and it kind of you know it obviously paralleled the sports growth but well it started a competitive gaming because I, I really call it competitive gaming more than esports esports is really the tip of the spear but what we've been doing recently with uh, the Legends series, with the All-Star series is really esports. And we're talking about true athletes from both both sides of gaming and real real motorsports coming together and racing. And if there's one, if there's one uh, esport that really crosses over this kind of uh, chasm between gaming and the, and the real world, it's this this sim racing because you're literally in a simulator uh, doing the doing this esport. And uh, most people that even grew up now in in the real racing world get in a simulator at some point because that's where they train these days. They don't train in, you know, real cars and smash them, you know, million dollar cars into you know in, into the sides of the the track for for just for the training purposes. And it and it teaches them a lot of new things, the cognitive learning and all the things that happen there. So it's really interesting to see that. And then you know this last you know six months, we'll call it. Uh, we did see a, a significant uptick because there was nothing else to watch. So we, you know, where we normally probably would have been seeing a, a lot more streaming and that natural growth. We also saw ourselves on television um, more yeah. than we ever would have seen on primetime television where you might've seen premier league or, or, uh, or NFL football or some other major sport. It was yeah. us, you know, and some others too. So, you know, it, it groundswell happened fast and that wasn't just in the driving category. Lots of the other uh, sport esports got on television. Although I could tell you that, you know, what we did see is a lot less of the, uh, you know, I'll call it blood sport, <laughs> you know, yeah. for yeah. it doesn't play well on television. And that's, I think we did see some of that. That was like the realization that some of the esports should stay in its lane, you know, in the, in the background at, at uh, <laughs> on Twitch or whatever, but these other sports, you know, FIFA, uh, NHL, what we do in racing, uh, NBA 2K, they're all on air. And yeah. it's funny to watch. Funny to watch a major league baseball game uh, virtually, <laughs> or or a basketball game. But you know, there's good, clean fun, and a lot of people came to watch it. So I think it's uh, it's all built on itself. This last, you know, I hate to say the pandemic created the opportunity, but it really did create an accelerator. What we would have normally seen in two years, we saw in you know less than six months. Yeah, and we actually pivoted our entire business at UMG Gaming to build an entire network. So all that other gaming that I mentioned earlier that wasn't making its way to TV uh, is now on umg.tv and a whole bunch of other apps and places where we built our Frankly Media platform supported this entire reach. Like we have a Roku app now, we've got iOS and Android, Apple TV, Fire TV, you name it. Uh, and we have programming. We have 100 hours of regular fresh programming every week and we're continuing to build that. So we truly, you know, we built a network in uh, in six months, it's unheard of. Our plan was to do that, but we would have normally probably taken nearly two years to get to 100 hours of, of regular programming on a weekly basis. Yeah. And um, I was actually checking on the site where enough was something I was actually interested in. Global esports revenue projected eclipse 1 billion this year. <clears throat> what are your expectations are is it 1 billion are we already high is that were those numbers it says global esports revenues i'm trying to get a sense i mean i'm hearing all kinds of numbers on gaming we know it's around 120 billion but where would esports be in total you think 
you know, I think it's, I honestly, I think it's bigger and I don't, I don't yeah. think they, they look at all the categories that really, you know, again, I said tip of the spear. So is, you know, where's the line between what they call an esport and what they call a competitive gaming or, you know, matches. And if you look at tournaments and matches in our world, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of companies in our space, you know, UMG used to be, be alone and now there's, you know, 20 some companies doing tournaments and matches. If you put those all into this aggregate and you looked at all the, uh, the prizes and money that exchanges hands across this stuff. And then if you, I guess if you went and actually pivoted to the real kind of place where, you know, now you're seeing betting going on, on esports in, yeah. in Las Vegas and things, I, I think it's bigger. I think yeah. it's, you know, and it'd probably be even bigger if we were, if all the land events were still happening right now, you know, so I, yeah. uh, my guess is, you know, by 20 end of next year, we, we should easily be at two and it'll be a big jump from one to two, but I don't think it's the jump because it'll just start categorizing some of those other actions and activity into, into the proper bucket. Um, I don't see any end to the growth. We know this clearly this last yeah. six months has created a lot more awareness. Yeah. It'll of course ebb and flow. It'll go down. People will start going back and watching regular sports, but you know, the hook set, you know, if you like uh, what you saw, you're going to go f- try and find it somewhere. So I think there's going to be a, uh, this is the residual of this time we just went through will be uh will be an ad- additive very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an and, it's not an, uh, an if or, or whatever. Uh, I think people will definitely keep on watching. It's uh, it's something they got in contact with because of COVID, because of time to kill. And, uh, and from what I'm reading, a lot of people that, well, actually for the first time were watching, actually enjoyed. Um, and before that, maybe they didn't give it a shot anyways because they thought, like, yeah, it's for kids or uh, why it's not fun. Um, yeah, maybe all in all, it's it's what you said, it's an accelerator. So how how, how does the future look like for you guys? I mean, um, you have all these different kind of uh, subsidiaries, uh, new, new name. Um, are you guys working on new stuff, new acquisitions, or what are the expectations? Uh, you know, I, I, I hope we slow down just a little bit to give ourselves a pause and time to really integrate these companies properly. And I think that's where we are right now. Um, you know, we're never, it's never off the table that there's, you know, not an acquisition to consider, especially one that tucks into some of our, you know, what what we call our core uh, products or principles. Uh, you know, number one is content. Creating content uh, will never stop. I mean, whether we're creating a new game creating a program about a game, creating a, a highlight show like uh, like Rewind or any of these things we do. If we can get more more product, more programming, clearly that's a good investment. And most of that we'll try and grow ourselves, but uh, there's there's some great product out there. There's great, you know, great content that should get syndicated and should be live in our world. So we definitely will be looking at content always. You know, the best content always usually creates you know great opportunities. Uh, business intelligence, you know, clearly a growth area. I love, we love machine learning and AI and all the things that machines can do to make, uh, you know, make a company money and, and it scales very well. So investing in more, you know, insights and in, in business intelligence and, and machine learning and AI is clearly an area for us, you know, potentially acquisitions in that area, but clearly, you know, much more investment in, in our output so we can expand the, the, uh, the business intelligence footprint we have. Uh, you know, we kind of we kind of have distribution very well handled with the with the Frankly platform. Uh, yeah. I would say that you know the last kind of bucket that really is interesting to us is fan and uh, 
and, and engagement of the of the audience. And, uh, and Winview, you know, Winview, <laughs> Winview is uh, is a great you know start there. They've they've been around for a while. It's a very yeah. interesting platform. You know, the engagement level is very high for the audience and. You know, you and I know the audience is the players and the players are the audience in this space, yeah. which is very interesting and, you know, much more than other sports where if you're in esports or you're a competitive gamer or just casual, there's probably some little thing in the back of your mind that says I can beat that person and be, be the best in that space, right? And not, not so much when you're watching Max Verstappen on an F1 track. You're not going to be at Max tomorrow, if ever, and, you know, or watching your favorite uh Dutch football player, you know, and, try, and thinking you're going to be on the pitch uh, next week uh, or in the, you know, in yeah. some some way, you've got to you got to spend a lot of time and and very few make it. And in this esports space, it's it's kind of every every young person and old person that plays this uh, these games in their mind thinks that they can beat that person. And that's that's the interesting thing about this space. And the audience is the player, so they really giving them some engagement is really the important thing here. Letting them feel like, you know, they have something to say when, while they're watching as well as, uh, as playing. And, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the chat, the chatty stuff that happens on Twitch. I mean, that's frankly, that's annoying. And their voice, <laughs> the voice yeah. in there for me, there's really no voice. I mean, this, it goes by so fast and a lot of it isn't really relevant uh, chat that you'd want to, you know, amplify as a brand anyway. But in, in terms of this audience engagement, I'm talking about true engagement. You know, here's a series of questions asking you what you think the outcome of this event is going to be. And if you answer enough of them correctly, you too can be on the show or play, you know, th these, these types of tools. So I think we're going to put a lot of time into, into the engagement side of things. And uh, that I could see, you know, potentially there's some acquisitions there. Although there's, you know, not a lot of great companies, as, in my opinion, in that space. A lot of them are kind of stuck in the in the traditional sports and media place. So, you know, we may have to build there. But uh, look, I, build by build by partner. That's yeah. you know, we'll look at every category and continue every quarter to say, do we need to improve things? And if we do, do does it mean we build it? Or do we buy it? Do we partner? Just got an update here uh, that um, Mercedes is uh, dominating uh, the first um, training sessions. Uh, in the Formula One, <clears throat> Verstappen, um, he's shaky. So now uh, that's oh. uh, that's gonna be something. <laughs> All the bars are gonna clear out in Amsterdam now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. So I hope you enjoyed part one of Torque Esports and Darcy and his take on the company. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, Oliver Kern, and he said, "Well, I love the interviews, but sometimes it's a bit long." Um, maybe you should cut it in two. And um, since I do like this interview and I do like the company, I want you to have the time to actually listen to the whole talk we have. So that's also the reason why I cut it in half. So this upcoming Wednesday, there is part two, um, and uh, which I hope you will actually tune in again and, and listen to it Um uh, lots of learningful insights. So, uh, next, um, Paul did his intro and now he will give us his take on the news, the game news of this week. So, uh, this week, yeah, um, some interesting news items that uh, I wanted to cover. So Google in the news more than once, um, but yeah, interesting article from June 30th um, with uh, 
Ryan Cassidy, the product manager for the Google Maps platform. Google makes its Maps platform gaming solution available for all developers. Um, so yeah, it seems as though they're um, going to be giving away uh, the API via Unity um, and have really opened up that platform, um, you know, because it did launch about 15 years ago. Uh, but there's been a string of innovations um, that, you know, Google saying they never would have imagined, which is, you know, when game developers get a hold of a new tech, um, it's always really exciting. So, uh, yeah, that's really, really interesting for location-based gaming, um, you know, because there's great games like Jurassic World Alive, uh, Dragon Quest Walk, um, obviously next game's uh, Walking Dead. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, post-COVID, um, you know, with location-based gaming. You know, s some are adjusting the solutions inside the game so that you can play kind of uh, on your couch, but seems like we're kind of scratching the surface here in terms of, um, yeah, uh, you know, real-world games that can be built um, and kind of AR as well. Um, been following AR trends, uh, looking like the next four or five years will be the most exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as, um, you know, all the companies that are looking into glasses also saw number of patents filed by, um, yeah, a, a lot of OEMs and uh, all the usual suspects are really, really um, crazy in 2019-2020. Uh, just just been a big jump um, in patents for those things. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how both of those uh, can enhance um gaming uh as pokemon go did obviously and um you know it just seems to be a lot of creativity and untapped potential um out there um and then if google's providing these tools for free then developers can really uh, benefit and, and start making um really interesting game experiences so yeah cool um we'll keep an eye on that see how uh that pertains to uh ar based gaming but um you know with a mobile phone in everybody's pocket and um phones getting smarter it's uh, sky's the limit. Moving on, you can probably hear the uh, 4th of July fireworks in the background. It's uh, <laughs> quite uh, noisy uh, there, so you'll probably hear that as I'm uh, recording. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get through it as best as we can together. Um, interesting article in Games Industry Biz about Amazon and Google being in games for the wrong reason. Um, Amazon Crucible, you know, they're saying, or Rob, the contributing editors, saying that, you know, it won't be the last embarrassment if tech companies don't stop viewing games as a means to drive uh, cloud service revenue, right? So uh, an interesting one, because Business Insider actually um, kind of took that theme as well um, in an article uh, this week. Uh, and that was kind of four times the major tech companies from Apple to Google to Amazon tried to uh, tried and failed to break into video games. Um, be interesting to hear your opinions on this, um, because uh, certainly it just seems as though, yeah, there's several major multi-million dollar flops from, from these companies trying and failing to kind of break into the business. Um, obviously, you know, the infrastructure plays there, um, and, uh, you know, in some form or fashion, they'll always be involved. But, um, you know, you can, you can go back as far as Game Center uh, in 2010, with Apple and then kind of see what, what challenges that they faced. And that's kind of what this um, Business Insider article um, kind of takes uh, the, the stance on. So that's really kind of um, 
putting it into a, did you know that questions, you know, so like, did you know that Amazon, the biggest company in the world, launched a big budget new game this year? And that game is Crucible. And, uh, you know, if you're hearing about it for the first time, um, you're forgiven <laughs> because uh, yeah, despite being free to play and available on the world's largest gaming platform, um, Steam, you know, it, it's already come and gone from the top 100 charts. So um, it, it said that it had like 25,000 concurrent players by peak, uh, you know, as of May 21 after it launched. And then two days after launch, it kind of already disappeared from Steam's top 100, right, which are the list of most played games on Steam. Uh, and that bottoms out around 5,000 concurrent players. So just a month after launch, um, you know, they've pulled the game from Steam and it will be in closed beta. Uh, it goes on to say Crucible was in development for over five years and assuredly cost tens of millions of dollars to develop. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully they got some learnings from that. Uh, and then they go on to talk about Google Stadia. Um, that's an interesting one. I mean, you know, you get, depending on who you talk to, um, you know, there's a lot of opinions around that. Uh, obviously, 5G is um, being rolled out and uh, cloud gaming and streaming, um, you know, Netflix stream type gaming, you know, go goes hot and cold, it seems, over the past, you know, year. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just a matter of uh, devices, technologies, platform. Um, they're, they're, you know, obviously you're saying Google's not giving up just yet. Uh, they continue to make big hires and acquisitions for the gaming initiative. So, yeah, I mean, you know, as long as uh, I think developers can create uh, for the platforms with the technology, I think it's, you know, good all around. Um, but we'll see. I mean, not sure um, what will happen and if they really need to make games themselves or just provide developers the tools uh, and tool sets uh, in order to make just, you know, excellent gaming experiences. So, yeah, uh, interesting to hear what everybody thinks about that, too. And then the other uh, article I really liked this week was from our very good uh, friend Dean Takahashi over at uh, VentureBeat GamesBeat. Um, always nice to read his writing. Um, just saying that we're, you know, kind of uh, in the middle of the year, July 3rd, 2020, and he um, was just talking about it, it kind of gives us hope that the next six months can be better. You know, just, just also what's been going on uh, with politics and... Um, the pandemic and then um uh you know the tragic death of george floyd and, and black lives matter movement and me too movements coming to the forefront which is you know um really good for uh america in general and gaming um being that things are being exposed and uh yeah you know people are taking a stand and uh there's there's being you know firings um and, uh, you know, misconduct, um, you know, uh, that seems to be rampant um, in, in certain parts of the industry. Um, and obviously we can't predict uh, the full kind of impact of these allegations. But, um, yeah, that's kind of done how uh, Dean framed the article and then just talked about, um, you know, some of the games uh, that came out, um, Call of Duty Warzone and Animal Crossing, um, and then goes on to... Uh, talk about Amazon Studios, ironically, <laughs> with their new game that comes out August 25th. So in addition, um, there's the, uh, you know, Sony PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and lots of games coming out that'll hit those consoles. So it's a lot to be excited about. Um, so yeah, what are you excited about? That's kind of um, what we should talk about. And I'd love to address that uh, in the next segment. Um, 
yeah, it seems as though kind of, you know, there's just going to be a lot of changes. Um, and also, you know, he talks about events um, and how they've gone online. Uh, GDC, Gamescom, DevCom. Um, obviously, they, you know, he says they aren't they aren't a substitute for meeting in person. Um, but, you know, the next best thing. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to hear how uh, that's changing everything. I mean, I uh, personally, I've been busier than I've ever been. And I think, um, you know, we're hearing some tech burnout stories. We're hearing people just kind of, you know, um, working and, and the lines are really blurred between um, home life, family life and, and work. But um, but yeah, it seems, seems as though there's, you know, games coming out and productivity is happening and new titles are being um, released. So yeah, good article there. Um, I, I always enjoy Dean's uh, take. And looks like we'll have, um, yeah, some good uh, games and content coming out um, in the uh, August, September, October timeframe. So, yeah, look forward to that. So game-wise, as we uh, go into the July 4th uh, weekend here, um, I was keeping my eye on a studio that I like a lot, um, Traplight Studio from Tampara, Finland. Uh, the guys there, Riku, Sami, and the team have released their Battle Legion uh, game. Um, I think it's on iOS now. It should be out on Android July 10th, I think. But yeah, interesting team. Uh, one to watch. Um, it's kind of like a mass battle multiplayer spectator game. Um, and I've been playing it, and it's uh, it's really fun. Um, really easy tutorial gets you right involved. Um, and uh, you can play battles with your army against others. So um, yeah, um, I think their last game got... Uh, 2016, you know, best of the year from Apple, and by all indications, it looks like this one's going to be interesting as well. So, congrats to those guys. Um, and yeah, I'll be playing that over the weekend, and um, love to hear from you. So, um, connect on LinkedIn, uh, Paul Thind, Paul T H I N D. Um, email Paul dot T H I N D at gmail dot com, uh, or Twitter uh, at Paul Thind. Uh, thanks, Ryan out and. Uh, I'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, Paul. And as said, welcome to the team. Love the item. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, if everyone has questions or wants to get in contact, just look at the description. I have a link to Paul, uh, his LinkedIn. And from there on, you can find everything you need to get in touch with him. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, it's fun. Um, that saves me some time going through the news. Nah, that's a joke. Anyways, uh, Paul, thank you. Chris uh, is up next week with uh, an item about Valorant. Um, lots of things uh, can be said about Valorant, so I'm sure he will do that. And uh, I have some interesting interviews uh, planned. Um, no, I'm not going to tell anything about it, but it's uh, it's intriguing. Um, I'll leave it with that. So thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Darcy of Torque Esports, or better said, Engine Media. Um, keep an eye on them. And uh, as said, uh, this Wednesday, there is the second part of the interview um, I also hope you liked Paul. Uh, Paul will do every week now his take on gaming. Trust me, I will have a chat with him and let it be a little bit shorter. Um, 
But then again, uh, a solid take, uh, I like a lot. Um, so quality, quality, and I think he has... He has a good experience in, in gaming, a large network, and we were talking about that the other day. Um, we like digital. We like the fact that we can do everything <laughs> via Zoom because uh, we know a lot of people, and that's the reason of this podcast. We want to share, and we do want to care. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and as always, ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.